Welcome into Bearcat Rewind. Happy holidays. Hope things are going great for you as we're approaching New Year's Eve and New Year's Day coming up a little bit later on this week. And this is podcast number 98 for Bearcat Rewind. And it's fitting that this is 98 because our guest first season with Northwest Missouri State was in 1998. Brandon Simpson joins us today. You might know him as the guy with the awesome barbecue restaurant in Lee's Summit, but he's also a Bearcat. As you'll quickly find out if you head inside Jazzy B's Diner and take a look around, Brandon is a two-time national champion with Northwest, and you know what? He was looking for a fresh start and ended up in Maryville, a place he really didn't know much about. And this is a fun one today, as Brandon, really honest about leaving Division I Kansas State, he was looking for a similar stop, but ended up finding exactly what he was looking for in this small town of Maryville, Missouri. So a fun conversation coming up today with Brandon Simpson. Bearcat Rewind is brought to you by the Northwest Foundation, providing support for the Northwest Alumni Association and the university's funding needs since 1971. More information is on Facebook or online at nwmissouri.edu slash foundation. And Clorinda Regional Health Center, offering support to Southwest Iowa and Northwest Missouri each day during times of uncertainty through a local team of providers and nurses. More information at clorindahealth.com. We're talking Northwest Missouri State football today with former defensive lineman Brandon Simpson. And don't worry, there's also some barbecue talk mixed in as well. Let's go ahead and dive into this week's Bearcat Rewind. Brandon Simpson, a Northwest Missouri State national champion in 1998 and 1999 with those Bearcat football teams, is joining us. Also the owner of Jazzy B's Barbecue out in Lee's Summit. Uh, Brandon, it's a busy time. It feels like time always speeds up through the holidays, but it is a fun time of year on many levels. What what have things been like for you? What have you been up to lately? Appreciate you having me on. Um, what I've been up to? Just been cooking a whole lot of uh, barbecue, man. We've um, doing a lot of catering. You know, it's the holidays now. Added a couple of things to the menu, so that's that's made it a little crazy around here. But um, for the most part, we've just been um, steady rocking. Um, we had a few watch parties for for the uh the playoff games and throughout the season for for the football team but uh had good turnouts but uh sorry to sorry it ended early but um it's good to to see that uh the team that ended up winning was 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 very dominant so uh we'll get them next year yeah that's right i mean northwest gave ferris the best the best game they had the entire postseason so yeah, it's one of those bounce back and come back around and, uh, and get it next year. You know, we talk about this and having the, the watch parties there at Jazzy B's and so many folks in the Kansas City area are Bearcat alums. So many Northwest football players and student-athletes as a whole come from that general area. Is that one that occasionally you'll see maybe a prospective athlete you can go ahead and give them that recruiting pitch before they get to Northwest for their actual visit? Um, I, you know, it's funny you say that. Uh, I've, I've talked to a couple a couple guys. Um, and you know, I, I, I don't want to be that influencer 100%, but I've, I've talked to him and told him my experiences up there and, and how great the school is and how great the program is, was then and, and has become now. So, um, I, I haven't dug far into it other than just, just talking about it and, you know, and, and as far as football, I think one of them though was actually volleyball that a gal that I talked to, but, uh, the other one was football. So yeah. Well, and you know, the fun thing is, too, you've got a couple feathers in your cap. Good pro-Northwest things when you think about the national championships, of course. I mean, the Bearcat success there. The other side is, too, 
successful business owner. I mean, that's one thing that uh, you kind of had that geared up in your mind going into school of wanting to go into the food industry. And, you know, here you are, 2021, chopping wood, keep on moving forward and, and having folks coming through. So a lot of good things that are going for you that I don't say they all go back to Northwest Missouri State. A lot of that's just yourself creating those opportunities. But, you know, it doesn't hurt to throw that out there. No, it doesn't, man. And, and you know, it. You know, I've always had that ambition, but it really came it really came to when it um while I was there at Northwest because the, again I think I, I've said it before the the post seasons that we were in when we ended up being the only uh, people there on campus for the most part I cooked for a lot of the guys and we hung out that was our fellowship so um, I think I think that also helped um, in in some in some aspects I you know I don't know what but you know things that go on in life you always um you do them and then you, you think back on them and like that helped prepare me in, in some in some sorts of ways so well and I want to dive down the the barbecue road as well with you here in just a little bit but we have to first touch on football of course and as we get into December and the, and the weather starts to change a little bit even though this year's been kind of crazy do you kind of go some back down those roads sometimes with the memories of 1998 getting that first national title in Bearcat football history in 1999 with that crazy four-overtime game? I mean, how often does that kind of pop up in your head or something sparks that and you kind of go down that road once again? Oh, it does a lot, man. Um, having the, the watch parties because, you know, not only do, do athletes come, you have all, all types of alumni um, from all years that come in and conversation strikes up and, and some, you know, remember watching the game and, and some, um, remember just, you know, hearing about it and they're just, they're intrigued, uh, whether it's old or whether it's, you know, um, students that are going there now and, and, um, and part of the family. So I, and then you, you just talk to customers, you know, about going to Northwest and you, you know, my biggest my biggest equation, and I tell everybody we're the uh, we're the Alabama of the of of Division Two um, in a lot of cases, and, and talk about you know so what was it like? And I start talking about the four overtimes, and you talk about how you know we went undefeated, and how it 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 seemed surreal, but once we got to a point, it was like let's just go ahead and run the table. We we can do this. Um, the attitude that the team had. So you get to talking about that all the time with customers and, and people that come in that are intrigued about um, the layout of the place and here at the restaurant and, and so on and so forth. So I get remembered quite often. <laughs> you can't beat that either. And um, going back even before your first season, uh, you're, you're transferring from Kansas State, you come to Northwest, uh, you set foot on campus, Back-to-back playoff appearances for the Bearcats prior to that, did you feel like this was a team that was ready to take that step and be a national champion, or was it like, hey, we're going to be a winning team again, and we'll just kind of see what happens from there? You know, that's that's a great question, because um, during the time, um, I saw a bunch of guys that were determined, right? Um, at the same time, thinking in my head, you know, what am I doing? I I don't have the amenities that I had um, when I was at K State, coming down to metal lockers and so on and so forth. Um, and then we get on the field, we get on the practice field, and we get going. And I see these guys in the weight room, and I'm like, 
this is what a team is supposed to be about. Um, no knock on, on me being at K-State or nothing like that um, and the team that I had there because those are all great guys. But you can see that these guys had a, a something about them, something to prove. And I was happy to, 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 to join in and be a part of that because the same thing, um, I not only had something to prove personally, so to to see that that just helped fuel the fire, and and I I think I think I act happened to help fuel the fire for um, everyone else as well. So um, you know, and that to me is what a team is all about: um, one helping the other um, make themselves better. Well, and you mentioned coming in from a Division One program and, you know, maybe a little bit unsure at first until you actually jump on the playing field with some of these guys and kind of uh, see that drive uh, that's out there. But, you know, you start your career out in Manhattan, Kansas. Um, when it comes to the point to where you're looking to transfer and looking for that next school and the right fit, uh, if I'd read correctly, you didn't really know much about Northwest or Maryville prior to your visit. So how did you end up becoming a Bearcat? <laughs> yeah, so... Um... I was I was at K, when I was at K State. I was trying to transfer to another D one school, um, but they wouldn't release me. And then time just got away, and I would have had to sit out. By the time I would have had to sit out a whole another year. Um, and one of the coaches, assistant coaches, Coach Mo, he he came to me and he was like, "Hey, I know this guy that's in Maryville. Um, he's turning around a program." you won't have to lose a year of eligibility. Um, and that's because D2, it goes by semesters, not once your clock start, starts in Division One, then you have to finish out your five years. So um, he was like, you'll get another year to, to actually play. So um, just go talk to him. It's, it's, it's worth. It's worth the, the, the drive. And I was like, I have no idea. Um, look Maryville up on the map because at the time, you know, cell phones wasn't what they are now. <laughs> So um, I had to look at the little paper map and, and, and find my way up there. And as I'm driving, I'm like, I don't know where the heck I'm going. But, um, you know, being I, I was born and raised in Iowa, so I know I'm close to the Iowa borderline as well. Um, but uh, I get up there and I talk to uh, Coach Mel. And that guy was, I could tell he was genuine in everything that he was trying to do and that he cared about every single player. Um, just from the conversation that we had for, you know, that hour or so, um, sitting in his office and, and that, that's, that's what really sold me was, uh, Coach Mel. I mean, when you're sitting in his office having that conversation, was it pretty easy of this feels like the right fit for me? And you could tell that he was thinking the same thing that we need this guy to stay here on campus or was it, you know, a little bit of back and forth of, both of you trying to kind of feel each other out. No, I think it was just it was just a um, of his his him being genuine and actually you know when you talk to someone and you can tell whether they're just trying to make a business move um, if they're just needing a little bit of help here. But I think he was really intrigued not for the field. He wanted to know what I wanted to do in my life. You know what I mean? So it wasn't really even about the schoolwork necessarily or the football field. It was me, and that's that's what, what intrigued me. So 
coming out of high school, I went through a lot of, uh, you know, I went on a lot of visits and talked to a lot of coaches and, and, um, was, was recruited, um, semi heavily, but with all those coaches, you could tell it was just, they were running through their sales pitch. Um, and coach didn't give me a sales pitch. What he did was he was like, this is, this is what we're doing. Do you think that you can be a part of it? Do you feel like that this is it? And so that, that resonated with me. Not only that, but again, his questioning was more about me and my future. Well, um, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you know, that's one of the things that you kind of hear from so many football players that go through that it's, man, this guy isn't just worried about the wins and losses. He genuinely cares about the player, where they're going, how they're building that life. As you go through, you become a Bearcat, and you're with some teammates that were a part of that 1994 squad that was winless. And so they kind of put in, took those lumps very early in that first year with Coach T. He gets the 1998, uh, fantastic season, 15-0, and um, a healthy lead so that clock's winding down. But once it hits all zeros in Florence, Alabama, what was the feeling like on that sideline of seeing it go from, you know, zero wins in 94 to a national championship? You know, for me, <laughs> because I had a hard road um, coming out of coming out of high school into college with from K State to to there, it was it was just the thought that you know I actually was a part of something that was meaningful. Like it was it was it was surreal, man. It was it was more you know a couple of guys I knew from even being around in Kansas City. Um, but lost touch because I didn't know that they even went to Northwest. We're talking about uh, Brian Williams. We're talking about, um, oh, shoot. There's a couple other guys. Right now it, it blanks me, but from Ruskin, from the South Kansas City area, right? And so, you know, being there with those guys, reconnecting and feeling a part of the family and, and knowing that we did something that was – going to go in the record books um, was was something was a feeling that you you just don't let go of you know what I mean um, so team wise it was we did something that we we, we, we set out to do and, and we worked our tails off for it. and then personally it was you know uh, the old Drake song we started from the bottom and now we're here type of deal because <laughs> you know, all the way around. And, and so I think, I guess if that song was, was, was written when we were, were going back then, then I'm pretty sure that would have been, been playing the whole way back um, from home from Florence. So <laughs> that's one of the, yeah, that's one that should date back to that 1998 Bearcat football team. And I can only imagine too, because the expectations now for Northwest football, which the groundwork set by your teams back in the nineties, the expectations are so high and so lofty that it's about winning a title, and it's it's very sweet when Northwest does. But that celebration from, again, 0 and 94 to 15 wins in four short years and getting to that point, it had to be such a raw, emotional celebration. And, and unlike, you know, some of the later ones we've seen to where it's kind of the expectation is there. Right. No, I agree. I agree with you totally. So, um, oh, go ahead. No. Yeah. So, 98's huge. But then you turn around in 1999, you find a way to top it. You go into that one, Carson Newman, the four overtimes, a 58-52 win. 
I mean, how do you sum up that football game overall of coming back, going back to back, and then, uh, but doing it in such an incredible fashion with that comeback and everything? You know, I, and I, I've said, I think I've said this before. I don't know here somewhere along the lines, but um, you know, that whole summer doing workout. We were we were still doing our workouts and we were still doing our thing, but we had a different swag, of course, right? We 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 were we were our chests were out a little bit more, um, and then that first game when we get spanked because we think that we are everything, you know, and nobody can touch us, and so um, that rest of the season we had something to 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 prove, not to everybody else. I don't think it was nowhere close to anybody else but it was for ourselves that we were not going to be complacent again you know and just think that everybody was going to roll over for us just because we were bigger stronger faster right um and then of course throughout the season we had some 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 unfortunate things that happened just personally with the within the team and those type of deals um, that helped fuel our fire even more for our families as far as the football team. And then you get to Carson Newman. Um, I think that couple of weeks of training, it was like these running backs, they're big bruisers. They're, you know, they're going to run on us constantly. We have to be prepared and we got to be meaty. We got to get in there and, and um, bang. It was going to be a banging physical game. Um, and getting to that, you know, at the end of the fourth quarter, looks like nothing's, you know, we're not going to do it. But I don't, and I don't, I think everybody else may have thought that, but on the sidelines, I don't think we were in our heads thinking, you know, this is it. This is, we're like, no, all we got to do is execute. And so, um, before overtime, the first one, the second one, you're like, geez, how long is this going to go? Can we just knock this out the park? Then the third one, you're like, man, these guys aren't going to lay down on us. Um, and <laughs> it's, it's, it was fun. It was fun to watch us grind. Um, no matter what. I don't think we cared about time. We just wanted to continue to um, win, I think, for, for, for some of our, 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 our lost soldiers, some for thin injuries, some threw off the field, and just, you know, for the family. You know, you think about it, and, you know, you're defending national champion. You're playing for another national championship. You guys are in phenomenal shape at the same time you're at the end of four overtimes i mean how do you pick yourself up to go for another play and another play really not knowing when it's going to be over you just man honestly at the time i didn't even realize how late it was until we got into the locker room (laughs) so like because it just felt like we were just now, I, w- I don't want to say scrimmage is not the word, but we were we were into the game that much. It was like we have to go this next play, the next play, the last play's forgotten about, but it's the next play. We're going to do it on this next play. So 
you don't pay attention to the time. Obviously, you start noticing once it starts getting dark, but um, it was more so just you just want to keep going until you hear that final thing. Didn't want to give up. There was there was no surrender in us, I don't think, at, at that particular time. Um, but that's what made it so surreal, I think. So you go through two years at Northwest, your final two playing, and you get those back-to-back national championships, 1998-1999. Um, but then you kind of delivered another curveball. I think it was like a, around 17 years ago. Um, those two championship rings are stolen. You think they're gone forever. You get reunited with some new rings. Uh, I know there's a presentation with Coach T and everything, but how crazy was that to kind of go from you, know, you put in so much work to get those, they're taken from you, but then you get them back? Man, that was, you know, big shout-out to my wife, Coach T, um, all of those that were involved in that. Um, it was, it, yeah, I, I loved every minute of that because when they when – they, you know, when they came in and they stole all my stuff, I was like, man, it's it's not – it doesn't mean anything to anybody else except for those that actually poured their sweat and tears onto that field. You know what I mean? And so um thought that that part, the only thing I had now was memories and a few newspaper clippings, so on and so forth. Um, but to have those rings, those rings ring bells, man. Um, when you put those on and just to have them sitting on my – on my, uh, my, 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 my case, um, at the house is just, um, you know, it brings back so many memories, but it also lets you know that with the right team, anything is possible. So, um, and I, I, I say that because that's one of the main things that, that, I got out of 98, 99, from 97 to 99. That's what I got out of being a part of that Northwest football program was um, with the team, with the family, anything is possible, no matter what, but you have to be united. You, you guys have to have a common goal. It's not an individual thing. And I think throughout that, with Tony Miles doing his thing, being so miraculous and, and, and all of that, it was never about him. It was always about the team, um, no matter how many um, yards anyone ended up getting, who ball distribution, doesn't matter. Um, it was just all about us winning. So um, jumping back, sorry I got off track with that, but jumping back to the day that Coach T brought those rings, I think it meant even more that it was Coach bringing them as well because I hadn't seen them in so long, and it was just great to reunite. But um, it was full circle because he was the reason that I wanted to um, come to Northwest um, once the opportunity was, was, was brought to me. So um, it's hard to put in words outside of that, but um, it, was, it was a special day for me. You hear that slogan, once a Bearcat, always a Bearcat, thrown around a lot. But that story right there also encapsulated so much, though, too, that, you know, hey, you came here, you put in that time, that work, that effort. And so, you know, those other Bearcats, keeping in mind, you're still part of the family no matter what. So that's awesome. I love that. Um, so I got to bend back a little bit because we talked a little bit about you diving into the food industry. You cooked for the guys a little bit back whenever you were a student here at Northwest. Um our SID on campus, Colin McDonough, does a great job. 
he found the bio from, uh, I guess it would have been going into the 1998 or 99 season. Um, but this is what your bio said, that you were a food and restaurant management major. You enjoyed cooking and watching the Food Network. And my favorite part was you, your favorite food was listed as all. So it's pretty clear that your career was heading down a certain path this whole time. Can you kind of tell us where that originated? <laughs> yeah, I, that's man. Where'd you get that at? Uh, I'll have to, I'll find. I'll have to email to you what he sent me, just so you can kind of see that. That was pretty good. Yeah, I, I need that, man. Um, so partly, I you know, like I've, I've said before, like I've been cooking for years, man, but but. The main thing about food and um, when it comes down to family and people um, in general, the best time that people have, the, the, the most fun or when people enjoy themselves is when they're sitting down to a plate of food. Um, at the table, friends, uh, new acquaintances, however it goes, breaking bread with people is the best way to break the ice over a plate of good food, right? Um, even bad food, because even that is going to give you something to talk about. But over dinner is where people enjoy themselves. You know, 70% of your lives is going to be eaten. Um, not only me growing up, um, I grew up with a family, a big family. We used to have cookouts all the time, and you invite whoever over and – I may have a cousin or I may that has a friend that we become friends because they brought them over to the cookout, vice versa, however it goes. But um, that's where I learned my passion for cooking. Then it, it, it transforms when you start traveling a little and, and you have um, you realize that cuisine from different uh, backgrounds, cultural backgrounds, um, geographical areas of the United States versus and the country. Um, the thing is, everybody uses the same proteins, but they, they use diff, a different method of cooking it or a different way of seasoning it, but it's the same proteins. But And everybody cooks great food, you know what I mean? Um, so that's where my passion came in for all food is, is good food. And once I realized that and you started diving into the different cuisines and different methods and all that good stuff, um, that's when it becomes fun. Um, that's that's my playground now. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you like cooking for the guys. You're watching Food Network. You know, you talk about the cookouts and you know, the barbecue. I mean, that makes sense, especially being around Kansas City and it's just kind of it's kind of ingrained in anybody, I think, from the Midwest that just barbecue is something that we all love. Uh, but I have to imagine you're watching the Food Network, and you talk about seeing uh, different cultural things and the different way that these proteins are uh, put together and the different sides and everything. Did any part of you, like at one point, think, you know, maybe after football's over, I kind of head in a different direction and try to get on like a five-star restaurant at a big city and kind of build myself up from there and take it in that direction? No. <laughs> Well, I had the opportunity once I once I left to get on like a cruise ship and, and study under um, a couple of chefs. Then, um, but I I if I didn't look at that as for me. I didn't want to be um, that that I don't want 
high end disc plating, um, and you got to spend a lot of money for. I'm I'm a blue collar guy, and so my biggest thing is um, it's it's it didn't fit my personality. I wanted to learn that, and it would have been nice, but I wanted I wanted something a little bit different. I even I mean when I left and. Um, I ended up managing a couple of restaurants, so a Bob Evans, a golf course, or um, uh, clubhouse, and and those type of deals. But those weren't me either. So it was it was one of those things that I knew deep inside that I I'm a blue collar guy, and the way that my personality fits is. You come in to break bread with me. We're just going to sit down and we're going to. We don't have to be very. Um, oh, heck, I don't know what I want to say on that one. No, I know. I know where you're going with that. All right. No, that's good. <laughs> well, it's one of those things too. Is you, you look at some of these like high end restaurants that you go to and you order, and it's it's very expensive and it's very well displayed. Um, but then it feels like the plate's still very empty. Like I enjoy going to places like yours to where it's like I'm getting that full helping. You know, I'm normally getting my money's worth on that end too, and it's good stuff too. So, uh, yeah, yeah, and that, there, that's a big part of that. Yeah, you did right. it better than me, man. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I, I wasn't trying to take a jab, but I mean, there's nothing wrong with the petite plates, but um, you can still pack as much flavor as those have, and as much complex flavor as those have, um, and something cheap. And yeah. I think that was that was my cheaper let's put it like that i'm not gonna say i'm giving out cheap food but uh you know what i mean you can can be as complex as 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 those um but make it affordable for the everyday guy so i don't want you to give out any secrets but if someone's getting ready for the holidays to smoke some ribs a pork shoulder anything like that i mean are there any like very general basic things that you'd be like hey if you're going to make this right you need to do this you know (laughs) So I, I had I had a guy in here the other day, and he was talking about how much he smokes meats and and all this stuff, and how he he's been doing it for years, but he smokes his brisket for eighteen hours, and like it's so good. Um, what I say to anyone is. Especially in barbecue, and and again, I never set out to be a barbecue guru or a, have a barbecue restaurant. I just enjoy food. So again, I've never studied hours on end on all of this stuff. But what I do know is, it takes four hours for smoke to penetrate the meat, right? To get your 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 perfect smoke ring, depending on the type of wood you use, depending on the heat, how much heat you put on it, but Four hours. After four hours, you're not getting any more smoke in that meat. And after that, you're just cooking it. (laughs) So 18 hours, 10 hours, doesn't matter. It all depends on how much smoke you want in there and how long, how much time that you have. So um, I, I am a firm believer in being a stick burner. I'm not a pellet smoker i'm not a gas assisted guy i'm not a uh wood chip guy um but that's my personal preference you know what i mean um 
but any advice, get good smoke on it for four hours. After that, figure out a way to get the meat done, get the protein done. Um, whether you wrap it, inject it, all that good stuff. Um, but that's, that's, that's my only advice that I could really give anybody. You don't have to spend hours on end. That's what I'm for. Let me do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, so my brother and I are very amateur smokers on that end and do it very poorly, but it, you know, enough to where we can eat the meat when we're done. And so we'll discuss these sort of things to each other here time to time. And so I've taken that note so I can take that when I see him later of, you know, four hours and after that we're just cooking it. So just so he knows, you know, the easier way to go, we'll just go ahead and be call up Jazzy B's and say, all right, let me put this catering in order in and, and get this knocked out that way. Then, you know, tell the family that I made it, but just deliver it like that. That's, there you go. It's funny. Uh, I don't know if this is going to come in, but it's, uh, I had this guy. So there's a barbecue competition close to around me a few months back. And, and one of the guys, he came in here. He's like, man, I'm not messing with that anymore. Next year, I'm just going to come here, buy a bunch of your meat. I'm not even going to have you slice it up. Just I'm going to buy the whole brisket. I'm going to go put it in one of my other smokers. And when the time come turn in, I'm giving them that. I'm not doing anything. So I said, not a problem. Just let me know ahead of time so I can get you that perfect-looking brisket. So he, he, he's going to just buy his brisket from me to, to turn it into the competition. <laughs> well, if there's prize money, as long as he splits it, that's all that matters. <laughs> all right. So this, I, I got one more question for you. And it's going to be a hard one. So I really want to get this big answer from you, okay? Someone goes into Jazzy B's, and, and they're picking a side. What is the best side to go with, uh, whether it's slab of ribs, pork shoulder, anything? Dude, the best side? Or does it have to be a combo? Is it uh, mixing a couple? You know, because everybody's different, man. Um, so right now the winning one, I would have to say, is the cheesy corn. So I will say the cheesy corn is the winningest side right now. Um, that everybody's getting. Now, I did just start selling mac and cheese. So um, that is one of those that people are also like, oh, you need to sell mac and cheese, you need to sell mac and cheese. And I started doing it. Now nobody's asking, but those that get it are like, yes, finally. Um, but I would say the, 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 the jazzy fries or the cheesy corn. Is is what I would say. All right. See, I'm a cheesy corn guy, um, but next time we're going to be rolling through there, and uh, we stop in, I'll probably go with mac and cheese because I'm a big mac and cheese guy too. So it's <laughs> tough to beat, you know. All right, man. Well, I think thanks so much for coming on and, and chatting with me here on the podcast. Uh, it, it's always fun to relive some of those memories, especially the 1998, 1999 seasons. Um, but also talk to you too as you keep on rolling. Jazzy B's there in Lee Summit. Man, I appreciate it, man. Again, thanks for reaching out, and it's always great to, to chat with you and uh, get me down memory lane again. So uh, I uh, appreciate it. Hope to see you soon, too, man, after the holidays. We appreciate Brandon jumping on the podcast, talking with us today. And if you haven't been to Jazzy B's Diner to try out his barbecue yet, it is located on Northeast Colburn Road in Lee Summit, Missouri. It is definitely worth the stop. If you need some more information, looking for hours, things like that, you can find Jazzy B's Diner on Facebook as well and find everything you need there too. 
In case you missed it, in recent weeks, our podcast has included our annual little discussion there between Joe Quinlan and Colin McDonough. We kind of have some off-the-wall topics. This year, talking about some of the greatest Northwest football players of all time. Prior to that, we had Mallory McConkie, Jillian Fleming, and Wes Dreamer talking about the current Northwest basketball season and many more. So check out those archived podcasts. Thanks to Alex Kurt, a Northwest professor, for producing our intro and outro music. And thank you for listening to Bearcat Rewind. I'm Matt Tritton. We'll talk to you again next week.